and welcome to 31 Days of Terror, day number 14. And I have four spooky stories for you today and story number one comes from Dan. I'm originally from a small village in Yorkshire and this event happened when I was around 14 years old. So around 2002. My younger sister, my two parents and I were sat watching something on TV when my two or three year old brother walked in from the other room. He could string a few words together by this point and you could have a conversation with him as long as you were the one doing most of the talking. Anyway, he calmly walked into the living room and approached my mum. I can't remember what or even if she said anything to him but he simply said to her, Mum, I died. I died in a fire. Obviously this gets all of our attention. My mum asks him what he just said and he repeats it adding, I died in the fire and it really hurt. We tried to get more information out of him but that's all he could say about it. Now being two years old he'd never really had any real experience of fires and he wouldn't have seen it on TV as he barely watched anything other than Barney the Dinosaur and Winnie the Pooh. We let it go after a few minutes of questioning and getting no more information out of him but just before bedtime we asked him about it again. He had absolutely no recollection of it and didn't know what we were talking about. I'm not even sure he knew what dying was and he just looked blankly at us. If anything, this was just as eerie as telling us he had died in a fire. To this day, he has no idea what we're talking about, but he has always been what my mum called an old soul in a young body. It's as if he's been there before. Could this have been him in a past life or a different soul that jumped into him? One of the arguments about past lives and reincarnation and stuff is that sceptics of past lives will often be like, well, why are they always, you know, Egyptian princesses or like Roman soldiers? You know, why are they not normal people? But they often are normal people. You often hear kids talk about past lives as being like really mundane, you know, and then they have a tragic death. Is it to do with a tragic death? That's why they end up remembering their past life because they died tragically in their past life. It's one of the things about this podcast that no matter how many times we go through stories of past lives and kids who remember things about their past lives, it's one of those things that still freaks me out. It might be the thing that if it was proven to be real, I'd have very little trouble believing it was real, if that makes sense. And story number two comes from Ella. This story is probably from around six or seven years ago about a dream I had. I don't know if it falls into the ghost story category, but it still scares me to think about it to this day. Before my now husband and I lived together, I used to stay at my in-laws house with him pretty much every weekend. I'd never really gotten a bad vibe from their house and used to stay there by myself when my husband was at work and his parents were away. This one particular night I had fallen asleep and was laid on the side of the bed which was furthest away from the bedroom door. I began to dream. And in this dream, I was in the exact same location as where I was sleeping and I could feel and see out of the corner of my eye my husband's presence at the side of me, also asleep at this point. It felt like I was awake, as though I had my eyes open, when suddenly the room went pitch black, like the darkest dark you can possibly think of, which isn't great when you're afraid of the dark like me. As well as this, a really cold feeling came over me, I then heard a whisper in my ear which said, She's here. Something then came bursting through the door that I can only describe as a mixture of a Dementor from Harry Potter and the Woman in Black. It came around the foot of the bed, bypassing my sleeping husband and jumped on top of me. 
At this point, I woke up and was laid in the exact same place and on my back as I had been in my dream. My husband was also in the exact same position as I had seen in my dream. I've always been a sceptic when it comes to ghosts and demons. Maybe I just don't want to believe that they're real. But I do believe people can visit you in your dreams. I don't know if she's here with something warning me or if it was telling the weird shadow woman where I was. But whoever or whatever it was that jumped on me really didn't like me being there. So creepy. Is this a version of sleep paralysis? Now you guys know how I feel about sleep paralysis. I think sleep paralysis is such a strange human phenomenon. Like I know there are sleep experts who have studied it for years. There's people who still can't really explain it and why it's so universal in the way that it that it manifests itself. But don't they say that you're more likely to suffer from sleep paralysis if you're sleeping on your back? Sometimes at night time, if I try to sleep on my back, I think, oh no, hang on a second. What if I get sleep paralysis? And I actively make a decision to turn over. What has this podcast done to me? Harry Potter style Dementors seem to be coming up a lot recently. Have they realised that the Hat Man is getting all of the, all of the attention, and they're like, no, we're gonna we're gonna make some moves here, so people start talking about us. And strain number three comes from Book Jenny. It is long past time for me to send in this story. A few years ago, I believe it was 2014, my partner and I travelled to the Lake of the Ozarks for my birthday in the late fall off season. At the time, there was a popular resort called Tantera, and while it has now been spruced up and rebranded as a new resort, at one time it was a mainstay of the area, and had really begun to show its age. We reserved a house that had a fireplace and a lakefront view. We'd stayed on resort property before, so we were familiar with the routine and home layout. Each home was set up so you could rent the entire house main area with primary bedroom, kitchen and living room, or the upstairs area set up like a studio apartment or just another bedroom that is set up like a hotel room with two queen beds and a bath. As I said, we wanted the fireplace and kitchen, so we rented the main part of the house. The two other areas, which had outside entrances, were locked to our access on the inside. Once in the front door, there was a locked door to the immediate right, which was the hotel room, and a little further into the suite where we stayed was the primary bathroom bedroom, then a staircase to the left that had a locked door at the top for access to the upstairs studio, and then a staircase down to the living kitchen areas. We got in, freshened up, and headed out for dinner and drinks. When we got back, it was dark, and it was obvious we were the only tenants in the house. Only our car was in the driveway, so there was no one upstairs and no one in the hotel room. However, the alarm clock in the hotel room was going off. It hadn't been going off when we first arrived, but did continually go off for a few hours. However, we were able to avoid the noise somewhat by going downstairs and hanging out in the living room in front of the fire playing music. Within a couple of hours, we no longer heard the alarm and we went to bed. As soon as we lay down for bed, I could hear the sounds of furniture being moved around in the studio upstairs. We both believed that another guest had arrived and were staying upstairs. As stated previously, each area had a separate outside entrance, so it would not be abnormal to not know if another guest had arrived. It sounded like chairs being pulled out from the table on hardwood. It continued the entire night. Subsequently, we could hear the sounds of what sounded like people running up and down the interior steps, which were right next to our bedroom. Buoyed by a fun evening and fuelled by drinks, we wrote it off as guests behaving a bit rudely, 
and we both began to fade off to sleep. Just as I was starting to relax, I was jolted awake by a male voice whispering, Hey! into my ear. My partner was already asleep, and so I just snuggled into him and buried myself in the covers. I must have eventually fallen asleep, although I woke up damp from sweat, feeling very tired. When we both arose that morning, we decided to make breakfast and take a hike on the resort property. I was feeling more relaxed as one does with the coming of daylight and I felt like maybe I had imbibed a bit too heartily. While eating breakfast we talked about the noises we heard and I shared my story of hearing hay in my ear as I was drifting off to sleep. My partner didn't seem freaked out but acknowledged that the folks upstairs were just loud and I probably heard them. We went on our hike and the first order of business was walking around the house to see the lake. It was then that we realised that no one else was on the property. We wrote it off as maybe someone coming in late and leaving early, although I had a nagging feeling that this wasn't the case. I felt off the rest of the day but tried to make the most of the beautiful fall day and my partner. Honestly, I was anxious all day about staying another night but my partner assured me that all was good. We had a fun day of hiking, eating, late afternoon drinking and as the sun was beginning to set we got ready to go for dinner. As we left the house the hotel suite alarm clock began to blare again and we wrote it off to someone having set the alarm for PM rather than AM. It's happened to the best of us. We got back from dinner a couple of hours later and the alarm had stopped. Big relief. We had another fire and a nightcap and that's when the noises upstairs began again. He walked upstairs and banged on the door but we figured if someone was there they weren't able to unlock it from their side. However we never heard voices from the other side of the door. My partner checked the driveway and ours was the only car, but the sounds did stop for a bit. I could hardly sleep that night with anxiety. The sounds upstairs of the chair scraping began in earnest around midnight and I turned the bathroom light on and played on my phone. No way did I want anything whisper screaming in my ear again. The running up and down the stairs kept going and going. When the first light of the morning came through the blinds, I finally allowed myself to sleep. When we checked out of the house at midday, I asked the desk clerk about the people upstairs and the person at the desk confirmed that we were the only ones in the house that night. I asked about whether anyone has ever reported anything paranormal and it was then that I noticed a couple of others had gathered behind the desk to hear my story. The clerk's eyes grew wide as I talked about the noises upstairs and on the staircase. She indicated that my story was a first. On the drive home that day, which was about two hours, my sceptical partner told me that when I heard the whisper scream in my ear, he had also heard a male voice in his ear at the same time screaming hey. We haven't been back to the area since, but I'm still curious and I'll bet we aren't the first nor the last to have had an experience. Oh, I bet you're totally right. You can't be the first people to have had an experience like that in that place because it sounds like it's something residual. The furniture going all night, being moved around, people running up and down the stairs. And if it was another guest, there's no reason why the reception couldn't just confirm that yes or no, there is another guest. It does sound like you and your partner were incredibly patient though with all the noise and the footsteps and the running around. Because I would be like, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to knock the door in because I need to I need to get my sleep. This is a holiday. It is not time for you to be running around all night. It is time for me and you to be sleeping. It is interesting that you and your partner both heard the whispered voice in your ear of a man. Because I was going to say, oh, sounds like it's exploding head syndrome. 
You know, I talk about it all the time. People probably roll their eyes when I mention it. But it doesn't happen to two people at once. Exploding head syndrome is something that happens in your own brain, like inside your head. So that's weird. And he sounds like he really did the right thing by not just not telling you and going, oh, that, that's weird that you heard that and waiting till you had left before he told you. And straight number four comes from Leanne. Before we moved to our house, my husband Robert and I lived in what I called a single file apartment. It was so crammed with two middle-aged people things that you could pretty much only walk single file if more than one person was manoeuvring around. One morning I was attempting to make a very quiet bowl of cereal because my husband was still asleep and the kitchen wasn't far from the bedroom. Well, nothing was very far from anything else, but I digress. Suddenly I saw Robert tear past the door to the kitchen towards our living room. This was impressive for two reasons. To run from the bedroom to the living room, one had to take a very sharp right followed by a very sharp left as our hallway was a bit of a zigzag affair and his feet didn't make a sound. Baby, I said quietly as I moved towards the living room slowly. What if he had been sleep running? Was that even a thing? When I got to the living room, I found it empty. The only thing of note was that a strange thrift store sculpture we'd picked up an odd bouquet of wires and neon green, pink and plastic balls was undulating. I crept back through the zigzag hallway towards our bedroom and there, tucked snugly into bed, was my husband, who was soundly sleeping. I mean, for the record, you absolutely can sleep sprint and sleep run. I had a friend in uni who had night terrors and that was a sight to behold when he was in the grips of a night terror because he would run through me and my housemate's house and oh he like it honestly scared the bejesus out of me uh but do you know what's no it's worse than seeing somebody with night terrors is seeing somebody who is not your husband having night terrors sprinting around the house what's going on with all these doppelganger stories and what's going on with the undulating sculpture what a strange little story Thank you so much for listening to today's story. Thank you to Dan, Ella, Book, Jenny and Leanne for sending in your stories. If you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. If you are desperate for extra content, you can find loads of content over on patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow. 